I'd like to invite you now to turn in your Bibles, please, to Acts, Acts chapter 2. And the scripture was actually read a little bit earlier in the service, but I would encourage you to nevertheless have your Bibles open to Acts chapter 2, which records for us what happened on Pentecost many years ago, because today is, of course, Pentecost. And uh, the title of today's message is Pentecost and You. Pentecost and You, and You, and You up in the balcony, and You, radio listeners and online viewers. Well, this past Monday, May the 22nd in Canada, we celebrated a particular holiday. Who knows? Who knows what the holiday is officially called? Yes, Victoria Day. Officially, that is what it's called. But, but I'm not sure that everyone knows how and why it became an annual holiday in Canada. Here in Toronto, as most of you would know, all the banks were closed and all the grocery stores were closed. Most of the shopping malls, some of you probably got, probably got upset because you couldn't go shopping on Monday, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, most of the shopping malls were closed, except for a few that are considered to be in a tourist district, uh, district area, from what I understand. But by the way, when I was a kid, I used to call Victoria Day... I, I used to call Victoria Day Firecracker Day. Firecracker Day. Did any, any of you used to call it Firecracker Day? Oh, Bill, man after my own heart. <laughs> All right. And I used to call it that because that was when, as a kid, I could buy firecrackers, right? Those little things. And, you know, we make all kind of noise. Uh, fortunately, as to the best of my knowledge and recollection, we didn't do any damage. But, we, you know, we had... We had fun with firecrackers. How many of you, you know, used to light firecrackers on Victoria Day? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Those of you that kind of grew up in Toronto, I suppose. But any, anyway, that's what I called it, Firecracker Day. And uh, essentially, essentially, after the death of Britain's Queen Victoria in 1901, in 1901, our Canadian government made May 24th a legal holiday. Why? Well, May 24th had been Queen Victoria's birthday. Pastor Lisa, how would you like our government to make a holiday after your birthday? No? Okay. <laughs> All right. We won't ask then. Okay. But Queen Victoria had ruled the, the British Empire for nearly 64 years. And so to honor Queen Victoria, a day was set aside officially as Victoria Day. Now eventually, instead of sticking with May 24th, which had been the Queen's official birthday, our government declared the Monday after the third Sunday of May as Victoria Day, so as to give people a what? A three-day weekend, all right? Well, just as we have particular holidays 
and celebrations. In the first century, the Jewish people also had their, their own special days or, or special weeks of celebration. In, in the first century, there were three main or three great holidays or festivals as they called them to which every male Jew within 20 miles, 20 miles of Jerusalem, which would be around 32 kilometers, uh, the, male, the male Jews were actually legally bound, they were told to go to the Passover. The Passover was the celebration of how God had helped the Jews uh, leave and escape the Egyptian bondage, right? So they, they were told, the, the, the men, the men within 20 miles or 32 kilometers were supposed to actually go to Jerusalem on what they called Passover. And they're supposed to go to Jerusalem for Pentecost and for what they also called the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? Pentecost, by the way, Pentecost means 50th, another name for Pentecost was the Feast of Weeks. It was so called because it was, well, it, it fell on the 50th day, a week of weeks after the Jewish Passover. So Passover usually fell in the middle of April and Pentecost fell at the end of May or the beginning of June. On that occasion, the crowd in Jerusalem at the time of Pentecost was very international. Due to better weather at the end of May or early June, more Jews from longer distances were able to travel to Jerusalem for Pentecost. So, what exactly was the significance of Pentecost in that first century? Well, there were three main significances. First of all, it had an historical significance. And it commemorated, it celebrated the giving of the law of Moses to the Jewish people on Mount Sinai. So it had that historical importance. Pentecost also had an agricultural significance. Uh, each person offered two loaves to the Lord in gratitude for the harvest. It was a time of appreciation, expressing thanks to God. And then it had a third significance, which was, it was a, a holiday, it was a holiday. Uh, Leviticus 23, 21, Numbers 28, 26, basically talk about how it was supposed to be a break for everyone, uh, the uh, people higher up and the, the average person. It was, it was a day of celebration. Uh, a day of rest for people. And what, what happened on that day of Pentecost is recorded in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 16, and actually beyond. And, um, and uh, it was read earlier in the service. All right? Now, the events, the events of Pentecost can affect your life and mine in the following beautiful ways. Here is how the events of Pentecost can affect you and me, all right? First of all, first of all, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 4 says, 
all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the story of Acts is a beautiful, marvelous record of, of, of people who were filled with the Holy Spirit and worked in the power of the Spirit of God. For example, when the apostles were considering who, who uh, they wanted to look after the needs of the widows, the apostles said, quote, Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. That's Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Then in regards to Stephen, Acts chapter 7, verse 55 says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. In regards to Barnabas, Acts chapter 11, verse 24 says, He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Well, what difference? What difference can Pentecost make in your life and mine? The good news is, the great news is, just as the early apostles were filled, just as Stephen and Barnabas were filled with the Holy Spirit, you and I can also experience the fullness of God's Holy Spirit. In fact, in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, be filled, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled, says the Word of God. So, what about you? What about me? What about us? Have, have you cried out? Have you cried out, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit? You and I can experience our own personal Pentecost. Have you cried out? Will you cry out? Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. How else can Pentecost affect your life and mine? That takes us to our second main truth, and it is this. Secondly, we can have our inward nature purified by the Holy Spirit. We can have our inward nature purified or cleansed, if you want to use that word, by the Holy Spirit. This is another second great blessing that, that has been made possible because of Pentecost. Dr. Noling says, fire like wind was symbolic of the divine presence and of the Spirit who purifies and sanctifies. My friends, when you study the Bible, you find that often fire, fire is a symbol of the purifying work of God. Fire is the symbol of the purifying work 
of God. When Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 3, speaks of tongues of fire coming to rest upon the believers, it is saying the Holy Spirit was purifying them. Now, you might ask, what exactly, what exactly was being done? Well, Acts chapter 15, verses 8 and 9, tells us that the Holy Spirit purifies or cleanses our hearts, our inward being, our inward nature. Question, is there a need for people's hearts to be purified, to be cleansed? And the answer, the answer is, of course, there is indeed a great need for the, the inward nature of each person to be cleansed, to be purified, to be sanctified through and through, as another part of the Bible says. There is a great need for all of us to experience purity of heart. When you see all the crazy things going on in our world, in our society, you can't help but say, oh dear God, there is a need for purification, for purity of heart, cleansing of the heart that can only be done through the power of God's Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. What, what is the result? What is the result of this purity? What is the result? Well, the result of purity is, is this. If, if you're making notes, you might, you might put A. The result of purity is a greater desire to do things with the right motives. Don't you love it? Don't you love it when people do things with the right motives? Come on now. Don't you love it when, when, when you see or you know of a person, whether it's a child, a teenager, or an adult, doing things with the right motive, the right spirit? Give me an amen. amen. Right? Yeah, it's beautiful. It, it, it's beautiful. That's one of the things I've appreciated about Ernie Hall across these 18 years of doing the radio ministry. He, he did it with the right motive. You know, he never really had much attention up front by any means. It was work he did behind the scenes week after week. Praise God. The result is a greater desire to do things with the right motives. There's, a, there's another result, point B. There's also a greater desire to do what is right instead of what is wrong. There's an inner, inner, inner desire to do what is right in the eyes of God rather than to do what is wrong. In the Bible, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. I write this so you will not sin. And ideally, that is how God 
wants us to live. He wants us to live pleasing him. He says he wants us to live so that we will not sin. And the result of of purity, the result of the Holy Spirit cleansing us, making us, molding us on the inside is we have a greater desire to do what is right. Amen. Don't you love people? Don't you have this extra love and appreciation for people who do what is right just because that's their inward nature? It's just how they are. That's how they are. And you know that if sometimes if there's some misunderstanding about that person, you, you, you're the first to say, oh no, you know, that person could not have done that. He or she would not have done that because I know that they have a heart that always wants to do what is right. Amen. The result of purity is furthermore a point C, if you're making notes, a greater expression of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yes, a greater expression of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 speaks of love, love which comes, listen to this, love which comes from a pure heart. Isn't that beautiful? Love which comes from a pure heart. Wow. That's lovely. Galatians 5, verse 22 declares. Why don't you read it out loud with me from the screen? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. A greater expression of the fruit of the Spirit is one of the results of purity of heart and fullness of the Holy Spirit. So I ask us, I ask you, do, do you want to, do you want to live, do you want to live life with the right motives? Do you want a greater desire to do what is right instead of what is wrong? Do you want to experience more and more the fruit, the beautiful fruit of the Holy Spirit? Of course you do. Of course we do. And that's why you and I need, that's why we all need to have our inward nature to be purified or cleansed by the Holy Spirit and to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to constantly say, Lord, Lord, I want to live my life this way, not only, not only temporarily, but on an ongoing basis. Day by day, day by day, Lord, I want to live my life this way, cleansed and filled with your Holy Spirit. And that's why you and I must cry out to the Lord, as did the hymn writer who wrote those beautiful words, wrote these words, Holy Spirit, 
My heart yearns for thee. Holy Spirit, abide in me. Make me clean, oh, make me pure. I must know the double cure. And the second verse says, Never, never shall I be set free. Never, never till thou purgest me. Come just now, my cry, my prayer. Inbred sin I cannot bear. My friends, on this Pentecost Sunday, we too can call out to the Lord to, to experience the purity of heart and the fullness of the Holy Spirit that, that the disciples experience and that we too can live out in our lives. Yes. We can call out to the Lord as did Brian Dirksen who wrote the song Refiner's Fire. Refiner's Fire which says, Purify my heart. Let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold, pure gold. Refiner's fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy. Set apart for you, Lord, I choose to be holy. Set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will. And then the second verse, he says, purify my heart. Cleanse me from within and make me holy. Purify my heart. Cleanse me from my sin deep within. Yes. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so, Lord, in all of our hearts gathered here in the sanctuary of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. Let it be so, Lord, for all of our radio listeners and our online viewers today and in the days ahead. Amen. What difference can Pentecost make in your life and mine? Here's a third truth as to how Pentecost can affect you and me. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit, read it with me, you can see it on the screen. The Holy Spirit can be our source of day-to-day -day courage and power to be Christ's witnesses. Yes. In, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said to the apostles, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And Acts 4 verse 31 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And then in Acts chapter 13, verse 9, Paul's victory over Elimus, the sorcerer, was because the apostle Paul, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, had courage and power to be Christ's witness. My friend, you and I want courage, don't we? We want courage and power to be Christ's witnesses wherever we are, in our own homes, with our families, with our relatives, with friends, and much further than that, wherever we are. We want to be Christ's witnesses. Therefore, let us seek, let us seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit and purified by the Holy Spirit. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. We just said... 
We just said that the Holy Spirit can be. The Holy Spirit can be our source of, uh, to be our source of day-to-day courage. Courage and power to be Christ's witnesses. Amen? I believe, I believe that in recent days or months, some of you have experienced the Holy Spirit's courage and power to be Christ's witness. And I'm going to be bold today. I'm going to be bold, Pastor Lisa. And I, I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask if one of you, if one of you would like to come to the front here and tell us, tell us of how the Holy Spirit gave you courage and power to speak to someone about Jesus, to speak to someone about faith and trust in the Lord. I want you to come on up. Come on up. Maybe, it's, maybe you spoke to a family member. Maybe you spoke to a, a co-worker. I see a sister coming up. Maybe you spoke to, to uh, someone at the grocery store, someone at the gas station about your faith and trust in Jesus. Yes. All right. Let me just get the microphone for you, my, my sister. All right. Yes. Amen. So I want to encourage you to hold the microphone very close to your mouth so everyone can hear you well. Uh, yes. T- tell them your name. My name is Joy Shaw, or Reverend Chaplain Joy Shaw. Pastor, it's like you were reading, the Holy Spirit was sending you into my heart today. Because last week, my ex-pastor and myself and two other people, we had a fast for a family. And um, we had three scriptures that we had read, and we sent God ahead of us. I said, Father, we're sending you to do what you're doing before we get to the house. The wife knew we were coming, but the husband didn't know we were coming. So we asked God to prepare his heart. Because I know she was a believer, but the husband was a believer, but, you know, not doing the things of Christ. And it was so powerful. When we got to the house, it's like, God have already prepared the home. I said, God, you are such a good God. And one of the scriptures we read, it was saying, have you not heard? You know, sometimes when we go into the scripture, oh, God is. Have you not heard about me? Who I am? I am the God who can change lives and the God who can do anything. And before we left... The commitment was made that they gave their life to Christ. Amen. I just want to thank God that there is nothing too hard for God to do. We limit the power of God a lot of time, but he is so powerful. Just have to send him ahead of us and walk behind him. Send him before, go behind him, and we will see the power of his glory. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you, my sister. Yes, thank you. Yes. I Praise the Lord. Amen. 
I had not asked her ahead of time. I had no idea who might come up. But the good news is the Holy Spirit can be our source of day-to-day -day courage and power to be Christ's witnesses. Believe that, my friends. Believe it. Let it be so. Let it be so. My friends, you and I need a personal Pentecost. We need, we need him. There was more I wanted to say, but I'll say it in another message. But just, just think with me what we've talked about. These three marvelous truths. The first one was, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. This can be the day, if you haven't already done so, this can be the day when you and I pray and say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. The second truth we talked about was we can have our inward nature purified by the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, we can. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit can be our source of day-to-day -day courage and power to be Christ's witness. Would you bow your head with me? Dear Lord, Lord, we need you. We need our personal Pentecost. Lord, we may not understand everything that needs to be understood, but we do understand on the basis of your holy word that we can be filled with your Holy Spirit. In these moments together, Lord, I pray that you would move amongst us in this sanctuary, move amongst our online viewers, move amongst our radio listeners, dear God, so that we together truly cry out and say, yes, Lord, fill me with your spirit. And our Father, as you fill us, we believe that you are able you're able to purify our inward nature. Cleanse and purify us. Make us and mold us. Be our, the refiner's fire as that song speaks about. And Lord, be our source of day-to-day -day courage and give us the power to be Christ's witness. Let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.